Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. This podcast episode is making history. Not only is it my 49th episode, we're getting ever so closer to this big 50 episode milestone, but it's also my first episode being recorded in Scotland. I'm currently at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, performing here every night. They've given me a, a little attic to perform in. And uh, it's a venue called The Counting House. I'm right at the top in this little attic. Seats 30 people. And i got to say, putting a Jew in an attic for a month, it's, uh, it's quite triggering. So if you know anyone in Edinburgh who might want to come along and keep me company, send them along. The opening weekend has been full. I'd love to keep it full that way over the coming month. Normally, Jews don't use microphones in attics because we like to be uh, quiet. But uh, over this month, I will be loud and yelling jokes come along. I'm enjoying Edinburgh, i got to say. What I love about Edinburgh is the history. That You walk around Edinburgh and every building is so old. They'll be like, this building was, was uh, constructed in the 12th century uh, and now it is uh, a Cafe Nero, which is like their Gloria Jeans. It's, very, it's the amount of history they have in these buildings and people are performing shows in like castles. It's crazy. It's like you'll... You'll walk into a castle and they'll be like, oh, this is where the King of Scotland knighted the Duke of Edinburgh in 1192. And now there is a Norwegian magician uh, performing naked card tricks in this very hall. It's fascinating the amount of history you can find at this festival. I'm having a nice time. I will say this, though. It's made me realise, being in Scotland over summer has made me realise that climate change isn't real. I know that it's hot in other parts of the world. I know in Spain and Greece, it's hot and they're all on fire. And I know that apparently July was like the hottest year on record. Uh, I know that, but just I don't think any of that's true because right now I'm in Edinburgh and there is a maximum of 14 degrees today in the middle of summer. So I don't want to be one of those climate change deniers, but I just don't think it's real. And anyone who comes to Scotland will agree with me that climate change isn't real. So I've done a backflip. I've been here for a, a week now. And uh, I'm sorry, Greta Thunberg, but you're wrong. Guys, it's been a long preamble to get into this episode. We're about to hit the best intro music in the business. I hope you enjoy the next 30 seconds of your lives. When I'm back, I'm going to talk about the news. And boy, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. We're going to kick off with UFOs and conspiracy theories. We're going to talk about Lizzo. We're talking about Willy Wonka and Oppenheimer. And oh, it's going to be great. Enjoy the next 30 seconds. It's a real treat. Hope you get a kick out of this uh, intro music. And I'll see you very shortly with the news. We are stripped down and ready to go. I'll never surrender. But I ain't spending any time on it. Please explain. I'm going to. Okay? I'm back, baby. Welcome to this week's news. My lord, there's a lot going on in America right now. So they're currently, well, they've just concluded these big uh, Congress hearings into UFOs. And it's fascinating hearing Americans talk about UFO sightings. There's currently a, a, um, a meme, like a map circulating on the internet 
that shows reported UFO sightings from the years 1906 to 2014. And there's like a, a yellow dot uh, across the world every time a UFO sighting is reported. And if you look at the map, the whole map is dark, except for America, where basically all of America is lit up. And in the UK, it's also pretty lit up, but it's basically America is just lit up with dots because they're the only people in the world who are reporting UFO sightings. I'm not sure if it's a map that reports UFO sightings or if it's a map that shows where uh, gullibility is at its highest and education standards are at their lowest. Uh, that would probably explain why America is lit up. Every other country is dark, except for the UK. Uh, a lot of dum-dums here in the UK, of course, as well. But in America, my Lord, they are lighting it up. I mean, every dot on this map looks like a, a mass shooting, but it's not. It's a reported UFO sighting. It's fascinating how, how dumb Americans are. Or maybe they're right. Maybe they know something, something that we don't. But uh, no, no, they are dumb and they don't. They, they don't go to school. And if they do go to school, they often get shot before they can even reach high school. So it's actually not even their fault that they're uneducated. Um, a lot of them die before they can even do their final exams. My point being is that over in America, they're clearly terrified of UFOs. That's just something that's in their culture. They've all seen Independence Day. They've all seen Will Smith beat the shit out of an alien. And then they also saw him do something similar to Chris Rock at the Oscars last year. They've all seen UFOs in movies and for, for, for decades, for ages. They're basically, they're just scared of, they're scared of aliens. They're scared of foreign aliens. I mean, it's, it's not just something that uh, exists in the pop culture. It also exists in their politics. That's why they're building a wall. They're like, hey, we got we to gotta stop the aliens. I wonder if maybe that's why Americans, uh, you know, are pro-war because they, they, they're just scared of all aliens, whether they're Mexicans or extraterrestrials. They want to build the wall keep them out. If I were Trump, who is uh, probably going to win the next election in 2024, I would double down on the wall and say, not only are we going to build the wall across the southern border to keep out the, those pesky uh, Mexicans who do all the jobs that, that we don't want to do, not only are we going to build a wall to keep out the, the Mexicans and the hombres and the Hondurases and the Nicaraguans, not only are they going to build the wall along the, the southern border of the U.S., uh, he's probably going to say, now we're going to build like a ceiling uh, so to stop the extraterrestrials, uh, the ETs, from uh, descending upon us from above. So we're going to do, do the wall on the southern border, and then we're going to build it really high, and then we're going to build it across the country, all the way up to Canada, and then we'll build it down on the northern border, and we'll just cocoon ourselves inside uh, this huge uh, bubble. And we, you won't be able to see the sun or the moon, or the stars, but also the UFOs won't be able to get to us. So I think that's a strong policy that Trump, I presume, is workshopping right now with his team of sycophants in between indictments. I'm sure that's something that they are discussing. Americans love a wall, and they're scared of aliens, and that's why they are currently having these UFO hearings. And i got to say, I mean, they're all at these UFO hearings, are always like, oh, we've got all these sightings of unidentified flying objects, and there's this presumption, of course, that they're aliens. Uh, but uh, let's be honest, it's just China, right? So it's just it's just China with the drones, and Americans see that Americans just see technology that they don't have, and because of American uh, arrogance and this idea of American exceptionalism, they just presume that if 
that there can't be another country that's more technologically advanced than them. That's just Americans. They think they're the best at everything. So they can't imagine a world where, for example, China has uh, better drones than they have. They can't imagine that world. They're thinking, oh, the only way that, uh, the only explanation for these unidentified flying objects is that it's, it's an alien super race that's been around for millennia and has come to visit us. Now, for some reason, Americans think that aliens would only come to visit America. And I, I cannot stress this enough. Um, you know, and this is just based on the map that I mentioned earlier. I mean, um, the amount of UFO sightings in America compared to the rest of the world, it's like 99.9% .9 of UFO sightings seem to be happening in America. Now, I, I, that could be because of, that's probably because of American gullibility and American stupidity. But it also does show a lot about the American psyche is that they think that the aliens are coming to them first. They think, we've seen Independence Day, when you want to blow up something impressive, you do the Empire State Building, and then you do the White House. That's what you do. That's how you make a statement. But I cannot stress enough, I just don't think, if aliens were coming to Earth to just see how things were going, I feel like America is the last place they'd want to check out. In fact, if aliens are, are going to America, and America is their first impression of humanity, can I just say to the aliens out there who are surely listening to this in a galaxy far, far away, um, Americans are not our best. Please don't judge the entire species based on what you're seeing in America because I promise you we're not all that bad. We're not all that crazy. We don't all um, shoot each other. We, we, some of us, um, you know, have an education and... And, and some of us um, are not obese. So please don't judge all of humanity based on America. Uh, aliens, if you're listening, and I know you are, because again, you're, um, you've got the technology, uh, don't check out America. There's much nicer places that you would give you a far uh, better impression of humanity. Um, I would suggest like Scandinavia, that's quite nice over there. Uh, the people are tall and good looking and they have universal health care. So and they all speak like several languages. So maybe check out Scandinavia. Uh, don't come to Scotland. Uh, everyone here is quite quite ugly, and you won't be able to understand the accents. Uh, so avoid Scotland. Um, I would avoid Australia too, just because it's um, it's full of you know British people. So I would say if, uh, yeah, go to go to Scandinavia, aliens. I think they'll give you a nice impression of humanity. And then you can go to like America just to like, you know, have a bit of a laugh. But I would say stick with a Scandinavia. Look, there's a part of me that does hope that the Americans are right. There's a part of me that does hope that aliens are real and that they are coming to visit and for whatever reason they love checking out America first. I hope that the aliens are real and I hope that we do conclude after these congressional hearings that aliens exist and that some of them are even uh, on the planet right now. I hope so because I, I, I actually hope that aliens come to kill us all because that might be the one thing we need to unite together finally against a common enemy. You know, like right now, there's all these wars going on. There's all these conflicts going on all around the world. I mean, you got Russia and, and Ukraine, obviously, in this this awful deadlocked land war in 
in Europe with so many people dying and now they're using cluster bombs or on the verge of nuclear war. It's not good. But I reckon if the aliens turned up, you'd have to at least like take a rain delay on that war, surely. I mean, if aliens turn up a la Independence Day and you know you start seeing the lasers coming down and destroying the big buildings, the Empire State Building, the White House, you know, I don't know, the Eiffel Tower, all the big stuff, the Coliseum. I'm trying to think of other famous things that they would want to blow up to, to make a statement. Maybe um, maybe like the McDonald's in, in Engadine where Scott Morrison famously shat himself. You know, iconic places like that. You go in the Eiffel Tower, the Coliseum, the, the Mac is in Engadine. My point being is that if all that happens, all that kicks off, if, if an inter-species inter, uh, war kicks off between humans and aliens, I feel like Putin and Zelensky would have to get together and be like, okay, right now we got bigger fish to fry. Right now we've got the ETs coming down in their little aircraft. We gotta, we gotta stop killing each other just for now uh, and then kill the aliens. Cause it would just be weird for the aliens to turn up and start a war. And we're like, sorry aliens, we are busy right now. Um, we're busy fighting our own wars. Could you please wait? and come back at a more convenient time. So that is one good thing about an alien invasion is that I think it would unite all of us together. I mean, then of course there would be the people who would side with the aliens. They'd be like, no, 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 we should, we should welcome the aliens. I think the aliens are gonna be good for us. I think the aliens should be our overlords. And to be honest, maybe they have a point. If you look at how things are going right now around the world, it's not great. Dictatorships are arising. We've got fascism rising. The world is on fire. Not in Scotland, but in parts of Europe, the world is on fire. I wish Scotland was on fire. Fuck, it would be nice to just have a bit of warmth in this country. But there's a lot of bad things happening in the world right now. You know, fascism, wars, totalitarianism, fires. It's not good. Maybe, maybe aliens is what we need. Maybe we need some alien overlords to come in, enslave us all, give us a common purpose, and, you know, I've, again, if aliens are listening, uh, I can help. I'm, if you guys have the technology and you're going to win the war anyway, I'm team alien. I'm team alien. I can help round up uh, the other humans. I can uh, help to uh, send you the, the dumb Americans to, uh, to exterminate first. You want to get rid of them first. My point is I can help and I hope the aliens do come. And I don't want this podcast to be like a crazy conspiratorial podcast. I want to be... One of those podcasts where it's like, hey, aliens are real. I think like, you know, Joe Rogan does all that conspiracy stuff well enough as is. But there is one story that's in the news right now that you, you just can't help uh, getting involved in. And you can't help talking about it. And, and, and it would, however way you talk about it, you, you sound like a conspiracy theorist. And this has got to do with uh, former President Barack Obama's chef uh, being found dead in a lake. Was it a lake or like the ocean or something? But... Basically, uh, former President Barack Obama's uh, personal chef, who's been an employee for Obama for apparently 15 years, very close to the man, was uh, just found uh, dead after a paddle boarding. He went out paddle boarding apparently by himself uh, in Martha's Vineyard, which is where Obama's, where the Obamas have their holiday home. For some reason, he's at their home. He goes out paddle boarding uh, at some weird time, and he dies. And he dies on the paddle board now. That is, of course, going to... That's fodder. That's fodder for the QAnon people, isn't it? And to be honest, I can't even blame them. I cannot blame them. When someone close 
to former President Barack Obama dies in suspicious circumstances like drowning because uh, they went paddleboarding in Martha's Vineyard, of course the conspiracies are going to start flying around. And so my thinking is this. Uh, if you work for one of these families, whether it's the Obamas, the Clintons, the Epsteins, the royal family, just w one of those families that, uh, you know, has people killed routinely. If you work for one of those families, uh, don't go paddleboarding. Or in fact, don't do any activity that could leave, lead to you dying in a suspicious way because it's just going to, even if you did die by accident, uh, it's going to create so much fodder on the internet for QAnon and all these crazy conspiracy theorists to just run with it and go nuts. They're going to be like, oh, it was the, the Obamas killed their chef because the chef saw the aliens coming and the Obamas are aliens and now the chef had to die because he was going to take the aliens to Scandinavia first before the Americans could get their technology. Look, that's just me, me freestyling, but I feel like that's almost certainly a threat on Reddit right now. So if you work for the Obamas, if, you, if you've worked with them for a number of years, uh, please avoid doing anything that could lead to you dying in suspicious circumstances. Please don't go out paddleboarding in the middle of a, a lake or the ocean by yourself. Uh, please don't go uh, rock climbing. Don't go rock climbing because that can lead to suspicious deaths. Certainly don't go on a ocean gate uh, submersible to go visit the bottom of the Titanic. Because I tell you what, if that implodes, again, people are going to start asking questions as to why a former chief of staff of the Clintons was on that Titan submarine. My point being is just please be careful out there, people. Be careful. Because firstly, you don't want to die in suspicious... You just don't want to die, first of all. Uh, you know, that's not good. And also, you just don't want to die in suspicious circumstances and just give all this fodder for these crazy QAnon conspiracy theorists to run with. I will also add this, that it's only certain types of families that have to worry about this type of stuff. So if you're an employee for the Obamas or the Clintons or the Epsteins or the royal family or the Murdochs or whatever, just one of those crazy, you know, rich, high-profile political, the Bushes, one of those families, you know, that has all these conspiracies flying around them, you got to be careful because if you die, it's bad. But if you die in suspicious ways, it's going to be just, you know, helping out all these conspiracy theorists. But I will say this, uh, if Trump's chef died, no one would care. It wouldn't even be, a, there would be no conspiracy theory about Trump's chef dying because I think that if Trump's chef died uh, people would be like Trump probably had him killed and it's fine like like Trump is the kind of guy who's like almost beyond conspiracy theories like he's so insane and he's so corrupt and he's so uh, he's so cartoonish that you can't even create a conspiracy theory around him because the reality of him is already just insane and bizarre enough. Like if Trump came out and and he came out of the woods one day covered in blood and uh, and then 
said, oh, sorry, I, I, I just had to deal with something in the woods and he's got soil uh, on his feet and, and his hands. And then 24 hours later, uh, his chef is found uh, in that area in a shallow grave. Everyone would be like, yeah, well, I guess Trump killed him and it doesn't really matter. Like Trump is the kind of guy who can kill people on camera and, and have employees die in suspicious circumstances and it's like totally fine. No one's going to create conspiracy theories around that because we just presume that he's corrupt. We presume he has killed or had and has had people killed and will do so again. So it's kind of like part of the brand. I think it would actually strengthen Trump's brand if some people who like had, you know, dirt on him started disappearing and started and started going away. You know, like all this stuff about him possessing classified documents. If some staff at Mar-a-Lago started turning up face down in lakes over the coming weeks, no one would bat an eyelid. They'd be like, yeah, he's fucking tying up some loose ends. That's what you're meant to do when you're Trump. But if you're an Obama, you're an Epstein, you're a Clinton, you have to like, you know, these families are all about presenting an image of integrity and dignity. So you know, these conspiracy theories can really take hold. But with Trump, it's just like, he doesn't give a, it doesn't matter what he does because he's already such like this, such a cartoonish villain as is. In fact, the, the stuff around, the conspiracy theory around Obama is so funny because uh, like two days after the chef uh, was found dead, someone took a photo of, of Obama playing golf and they zoomed in on his hands and they found that he had scratches on his hands. And so of course, everyone on the QAnon forums is like, Obama did it himself. He, he held the man, he, held, he strangled the chef himself and held him underwater, which I think is the craziest part of the conspiracy theory. I, it's not crazy to think that Obama has people killed. I just feel like, you know, this is the guy who had a lot of, he's the guy who like just, you know, ran the drones program in the US and just kind of like uh, had so many drones bomb, bombing Yemen for decades. So I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying Obama's a bad guy, but I'm just saying, he, you know, he's also, he has, you know, been, he's killed people. He's got blood on his hands. So the crazy, but the, the, the craziest thing for me about the Obama conspiracy is that uh, it, it's not that he could have someone killed because I, I feel like he's done that before and probably will do that again, but he's not doing it himself. Obama is not going to go out and strangle someone to death himself. I mean, for God, give the man a bit of credit you know he's 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 full of uh, uh, he's full of integrity and dignity. He's not going to go out and strangle someone himself. He's going to pay someone to spike his chef's drink because his chef overheard him speaking about uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island to the Clintons earlier in that week. He's going to pay someone to do that for him, or he'll get a drone to to strike him when he's on the lake, whatever it is, I just don't think Obama is going to be going out into the lake to just murder a man in cold blood. If he's going to kill someone, he's going to do it the traditional way uh, via a drone, which is typically what he did do over his eight years in office. I know that's a controversial thing to say, but it's also a true thing to say, and that's what I do on my podcast. Controversial, but true. Speaking of controversial, but true, there's a lot of controversy over the new Willy Wonka movie the trailer has just been released it's about Willy Wonka himself being played by Timothy Chalamet and there's a lot of controversy about this because the Oompa Loompas are being played uh not by 
little people because they've got these Oompa Loompas in the movie. You remember the Oompa Loompas? They're the, the small orange guys with the green hair and they do the singing and the dancing and they go, Oompa Loompa Doopa Dee Doo. I've got another puzzle for you. If you're a Catholic, that is fine, but you better not be a fucking Jews. And that I think that actually is one of them because Roald Dahl, who created the Oompa Loompas, was uh, famously anti an anti-Semite. An anti so, uh, Oompa Loompa, doobity doo, you better not be a fucking Jew. I think that was the original uh, lyric he did pitch for the movie, but the censors uh, weren't happy with it. My point is that uh, a lot of people... Uh, people with dwarfism, little people, are upset that the Oompa Loompas in the, Oompa, in the Willy Wonka movie are not being played by little people. They're being played by uh, Hugh Grant, who is, he's not a little person, he's, he's a regular sized guy, and they are using CGI to put his, to like make, put his face on like little people. And so a lot of little people are upset because they're saying, well, this is uh, taking away opportunities from us to act in the movie. Instead of giving the movie to a little person like me, you're giving it to Hugh Grant. And what does he know about being a little person? He's never been a little person. Now, I will say this. I understand where they're coming from. You know, you know, they, they have limited opportunities in movies to get roles. Of course, Peter Dinklage, you know, was in Game of Thrones. and That's fantastic. You know, but there, otherwise, there's not a lot of opportunities if you're a little person to be in it. You've got the, the Snow, Wife, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That, that's seven roles. For the dwarves, mind you, I hear that they might not even be casting uh, little people to be the dwarves anymore. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the amount of opportunities for these people is ironically becoming littler. My point being is that they're very upset about losing this opportunity to be in this movie. And I understand where they're coming from. But I will say this, I don't think you have to be a little person or a person with dwarfism to, to play this role. Do you? I mean, because an Oompa Loompa is technically, not, technically like not a not a little person, not a dwarf. They're an Oompa Loompa. It's their own thing, their own species. Like they're they're a little orange people with green hair. I mean, I, and I don't think that being I don't think they, that you'd have to. I don't think like Hugh Grant would have to channel the struggles of of being a little person in order to be an Oompa Loompa. I, I don't. Th- he just has to kind of know how to do a little song and a dance and. And you know, speak in a little kind of like silly voice. That's all he has to do. He doesn't have to like bring this this struggle or, or trauma to the role. It's just that that's it's it's. What about people who have? Uh, I mean, it's like you might as well say, well, you know, people who are orange are being denied the opportunity to be in this role because you know there are some people out there who have very bad fake tans. You know, I I mean, there's women. You know, you turn on MTV and you look at like you watch those teen mum shows. A lot of these teen mothers have very bad fake tans. You know, they're walking around, they're looking orange. You go to a, a debutante ball at the moment, and uh, they're these young girls getting fake tans. They look orange. They look awful. You go, you you look at uh, award ceremonies. People are turning up looking orange because they've had a bad fake tan. Donald Trump, famously orange. So you could, they could make the argument that they're being denied the role because they've been orange their whole life. And now they're being denied the opportunity to, to play an Oompa Loompa, which is an orange person, and they could bring the struggle of always looking orange to that role. My point being is I just don't think being a little person is necessary to play the part of an Oompa Loompa. Uh, and I don't, equally, I don't think being orange is necessarily to, to play the part of, of being an Oompa Loompa. And there's a similar conversation happening now around Oppenheimer because 
Oppenheimer, uh, the Jewish guy who invented the nuclear bomb, you're welcome, everyone. Uh, Robert Oppenheimer, who invented, uh, he's the father of, of the nuclear bomb, is being played by Killian Murphy, who is not Jewish. And you can tell he's not Jewish because he, he's a good-looking man. He's got blonde hair. Not, not blonde. He's got blue eyes and then like this very like stark black hair. He's high cheekbones. He looks amazing. Jews don't look like that. We don't, we don't look... Uh, we don't look good on camera. So that's usually why we're behind the camera, by the way, where that's why we're producing the movies and financing the movies, et cetera, et cetera. But people are upset by people. I mean, like there's a couple of Jewish people who are upset and saying, well, you know, Robert Oppenheimer was this big, famous Jewish guy and you're giving the role to a Gentile, for God's sake. I mean, this is just denying Jews the opportunity to get into Hollywood because, of course, we know how hard it has been for Jews to get into Hollywood. What a, a, a difficult industry that has been for the Jews to crack into, similar to the banking industry. It's been so hard for the Jews to crack into that banking and Hollywood world. So all these people are upset that the role didn't go to a Jewish actor. But I will say this, I've seen the movie. It's not like you have to be Jewish to play that role. I mean, like, the movie's not about Oppenheimer being Jewish. He just is a guy who happened to be Jewish. You don't have to, like, bring, like, the Jewish role. You know, you don't have to bring your Jewish trauma and Jewish identity to understand that role. Like, when he invented the atomic bomb, he said, you know, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. He didn't say, hey, they, you know what I mean? Like, he, he he's just a guy who happens to be Jewish. I think it's totally fine that he's not played by a Jew, a Jewish actor. I think that we have to, we have to let actors just like be actors, you know? That's why they get paid lots of money because they're good at pretending to be other people. You know, Hugh Grant gets paid money because he's good at pretending to be a small orange man. Killian Murphy gets paid good money because he's very good at pretending to be a, a very conflicted uh, Jew who uh, uh, probably destroyed the world. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, and, and I will just add this to the podcast. You know, I was like, a lot of Jewish people are like, oh, it's not a good representation of the Jews, not a good representation to have this guy, you know, being Jewish and he's, and he's such like, almost like a, a villainous figure in history. I don't see him as villainous at all. He made the goddamn atomic bomb. I reckon that's exciting. It's nice to see a Jew finally exercising some goddamn power in a movie, not being so meek and timid all the time. I think it's fantastic as Jews have this, you know, perception that we're meek and timid. Especially in like, you know, World War II movies, we're always seen as the victims of the Holocaust, the victims of World War II. Finally, we've got like a World War II movie where we're not the victims, we're the goddamn perpetrators. It's quite a nice change. And I will say this, Gentiles, if you try it again, we're going to make a goddamn bigger bomb. So any Nazis listening to this, you better watch out because we got bigger bombs up our sleeves. We got bigger Oppenheimers up our sleeves. You watch out. You don't want to mess with the Jews. We're going to make a bomb even bigger next time you fuck with us. The last thing I need to talk about today is Lizzo. Now, uh, I'm a big fan of Lizzo. I think she's great. She's, uh, she's a fun person, it seems. She plays the flute. Uh, that's pretty funny already because, I mean, I learned the recorder in grade three. I learned how to play hot cross buns. And uh, God, there are so many parents around Australia and I think the world who have just grown up to hate the flute and the recorder because they're 
so sick of hearing their goddamn kids practicing that fucking annoying instrument uh, on a weeknight before their uh, their f- their flute test the next day, where they have to play uh, one a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns in front of a music teacher who is couldn't is getting paid four dollars an hour and just wants to show them a movie and check out because they're hungover. I love Lizzo because she plays the flute and I think and she's also body positive and that's great. She's facing a bit of controversy at the moment though because uh, a lot of her uh, former dancers and people that she went on tour with are suing her for creating like a hostile work environment where they claim they were body shamed and they claim they were fired because either they were not they were not skinny enough or whatever which is it, it sounds like a huge uh, contradiction with what Lizzo represents she represents body positivity she's always just all about hey no matter how skinny or big or whatever you are you are beautiful and you know big girls are beautiful and I'm big and I'm proud and whatever and I twerk and, and look at my bum and that's great I think that's fantastic the world that's good for the world it's important that young girls see that you don't have to be bulimic and anorexic in order to have a career in uh, in music I think that is useful I do think that's useful she is being uh, accused though of creating like a hostile work environment now one of the things that she's being accused of is that some of her uh, former dancers former employees said that when they were like on tour and doing like shows around Asia I think it was in Thailand maybe in Bangkok that they went out to like a, a sex show in uh, in Bangkok and in this sex show they were pressured to engage in acts that they weren't comfortable engaging in for example like touching uh, the naked bodies of the performers doing the sex show some of them allege uh, that they were uh, pressured into eating bananas out of the vaginas of these uh, Thai sex performers now that sounds like a lot that sounds like a lot first let me just say this in Lizzo's defense eating a banana out of a uh, Thai woman's vagina in Bangkok is actually pretty cultural. It's actually pretty cultural. I know in the West, that would be looked down upon and people would say, no, you can't eat bananas out of the vaginas of performers. But actually in Bangkok, there's like a long history of that happening, of people doing that. It's cultural, okay? It's like you go to Amsterdam and you, and you smoke weed because it's been legal there for a while. You go to Italy and you eat pizza and you go to Bangkok and you eat a banana out of a vagina of a small Thai woman. That's just what they do. They've got ping pong shows for God's sake. They're, this is a country that's famous for ping pong shows. This is a country that's famous for women, for people paying money to see women put uh, ping pong balls up their vaginas and then watch them shoot these ping pong balls across large distances uh, like they're firing a rocket launcher full of ping pong balls like that's and i'm not even saying this to be funny that's just literally what people do uh that's what that's that's entertainment in bangkok it's cultural so you know eating a vagina at eating a vagina i mean that's quite sexual but i think eating a eating a unless you're jeffrey oh no jeffrey Dahmer. you know he was gay though he wouldn't have eaten vagina my point is that eating bananas out of a vagina it's it's in in the context of of thailand less sexual and more just kind of like a, 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 a blowing off steam 
uh, on a Tuesday night after work with your colleagues. So that's my first thing that I'll say about this is that I think it's it could have just been a cultural moment. The other thing I'll say about about Lizzo is that you know it's a team. She's trying to create a team bonding moment. You know, everyone's out. We're on tour, and it, you know the, you got to spend time. You spend a lot of time together, and you have to spend time together when you're on tour. And you know, it's really important that you have these experiences together as a team. It brings you closer together because if you eat bananas out of a, a vagina, you know, one night, the next day, you're gonna, you know, wanna dance really hard for each other because you've had that wonderful team bonding experience the night before. And I will say this, it's hard doing team bonding exercises. It's hard finding a team bonding exercise that everyone likes. I mean, you know, we've all kind of been in an office environment before where, you know, Susan from HR decides to do a team bonding exercise. And, you know, it, maybe it involves, you know, doing a bit of rock climbing or maybe it's like, oh, maybe we'll, we, got, we saved up some money to, to, to go go-karting or, or maybe we just got a bit of a, a tab at a bar down the road. Let's do some team bonding. Team bonding exercises are hard because, like, you know, no one really wants to, you don't really want to hang out that much with your colleagues, it's kind of awkward. You're not, you're kind of in that weird, like, are we friends or do we just happen to spend a lot of time together because we both ended up doing this nine to five job Monday to Friday and really we don't want to see each other outside of the work context, but HR is forcing us to do this and we have to turn up and put on a smile. Otherwise it might hurt our promotional opportunities in the future. My point is that these team bonding exercises are hard. They're kind of awkward. They're kind of weird. All the, no matter what you do, they're going to be hard, awkward, and weird. So at least Lizzo has just been like, fuck it. Let's just lean into it. You know, instead of just putting a bit of money behind a bar, you know, instead of going rock climbing, instead of doing a bit of paintball, you know, instead of going axe throwing, let's go and eat some bananas out of a vagina, you know, because, you know, it, it's weird enough as is we might as well just lean into it and do something unique and special and cultural, as I've said. So anyone who thinks that this is workplace bullying, this is harassment, this is wrong, well, you're actually being pretty racist there. You're actually not being culturally sensitive because in Thailand, eating bananas out of a vagina is actually just what they do on a Wednesday night just to blow off steam after a long day selling insurance at the office. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like to give it a nice review on the internet, tell people about it. Don't forget to follow me on the socials, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I've got a comedy special on YouTube. It's called All Right Next Joke. It's pretty funny. Follow me across all the socials. Come and see me live. I've got shows Edinburgh Fringe. Come see me in my little attic. Come yell at me. Come yell at a Jew in an attic. It's fun. Uh, I'm at the Edinburgh Fringe this whole month. Then I've got a show in Zurich, uh, a famously neutral country. Uh, come see me in Zurich. And then I've got a show in London. I've got a show in Melbourne in October. Head to my website, michaelshafer.com for the details. Enjoy yourself. Keep an eye out for those UFOs. And uh, if you see a banana protruding from a vagina, don't eat it unless you're in Thailand, in which case it's fine. See you next week. Good night.